Hello and welcome back to The Wonders I've Seen, where there is no such thing as weird or normal. There's just different. I've been on a bit of a break because life, but now I am back and ready to discuss or talk into the void, however you view podcast. I am your host, Tanagra, and today we'll be discussing one of my favorite topics, romance. And since it's fall and Halloween is just around the corner, we're going to be talking about romance and horror. My liquid nourishment for the day is Earl Grey tea, hot, with, of course, Starbucks pumpkin spice latte dairy creamer. Because why not? Everything should have pumpkin in it. Is there any pumpkin in this? Probably not, but who cares? I love the flavor. I love the taste. I love the sugar. Let's get it. So grab your own liquid nourishment, sit back, relax, and enjoy the wonders. I have never desired your good opinion. People fear what they do not understand. I have a headache, a badge, and a gun. Power is I was just trying to start a conversation. So first, I want to start by defining horror. When I first talked about doing this topic with my producer, we were like, so what is horror going to include? So we talked about which films to look at. Then we went on IMDb and looked at how films were classified there and how they had been marketed. And it seems to be very, very broad. So... Britannica.com defines horror film as motion pictures calculated to cause intense repugnance, fear, or dread. Horror films may incorporate incidents of physical violence and psychological terror. They may be studies of the deformed, the disturbing, the psychotic, or evil characters. Stories of terrifying monsters or malevolent animals, or mystery thrillers that use atmosphere to build suspense. Then, Wikipedia, the be-all and end-all of all knowledge, defines a horror film as a film that seeks to elicit fear for entertainment purposes. It is ridiculously broad. It focuses on the macabre and the supernatural as frequent themes. So when I was deciding which films to do, I was like, F it, I'll stick to films that I think are horror since all it has to be is macabre and broad and supernatural in some way or just basically causes discomfort. So the films we're going to be talking about today are Only Lovers Left Alive, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Twilight, because you have to, The Addams Family slash The Addams Family Values, because you have to, Interview with the Vampire, and then The Mummy, throwing something else in that's a little bit of, you know, a little bit different. So first, one film that you'll probably notice that is a classic, especially for my generation, a horror romance that is not on my list is Edward Scissorhands. And basically because... I don't like the film. I've never really been been a big fan of it. I've never really been a big fan of Tim Burton. Yeah, I'm burning that bridge right now. I liked the oddity of his aesthetic when I was younger. And as I've gotten older, I still appreciate it. But it's one of those films that I would put up as wallpaper not to actually sit and watch. I hope that doesn't sound as bad as I think it did when it came out of my mouth. But nevertheless, that's the truth. So, yes. Is Edward Scissorhands horror? Yes. Is there strong elements of romance? Could you argue that it's central to the entire film? Yes. Are we talking about it past this and me burning a bridge of ever working with Tim Burton or potentially any of his fans? No. So moving on. One of the films that I did rewatch in order to do this um, podcast was Only Lovers Left Alive. So I watched this film when it originally came out. If you're not familiar with it, it's about Two Married Vampires, played by Tilda Swinton and Tom Hendleston. 
and how uh, Tom Hiddleston is goes through these periods of of life of never dying, where he is ultimately driven to want to commit suicide and depression by the zombies, the zombies being the humans. Take that humor or that social commentary, however you will, blah, 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 blah. We repeat the same thing over and over again. We're living, yet we're still dead inside. Our species can't be salvaged. Now, one of the more interesting things about this is there's this strict line between the zombies and the vampires. And Tilda Swinton has a sister who talks about where she was born. The thing is that you never know if the zombies become the vampires or if their characters have been alive so long that they no longer see themselves as human or relate to humanity, which in all honesty, they're not. So the interesting thing about uh, Tom Hiddleston's character is that his way of improving the zombies has been to uh, find talents and find people who ultimately could help save humanity throughout history. So he talks about Tesla and he talks about, uh, I think, Copernicus. When uh, Tilda Swinton's character comes to visit him, uh, there's a wall of all of the artists and scientists and great philosophers and thinkers and playwrights that he has inspired and they show them. And they're all these people that, most of the people that, while an element of society has appreciated them, there's something about them that uh, people as a whole were critical of. And to sort of drive further this point home that humans have to be saved and created from something, their characters are called Adam and Eve. So Eve shows up to save Adam when he's one of, in one of these depressive moods. And the entire film is basically how He's planning on killing himself. He's living in Detroit, a city which in itself is dying. And Eve comes to show that there's some positivity, that there's some light, that yes, humans do the same thing. The zombies repeat the same mistakes over and over, but we've gotten better. <laughs> um, we. She talks about how Adam is being dramatic and because he missed all of the really dark, dark periods like the Spanish Inquisition and like the Crusades. And yeah, sure, the water wars are coming, but it's still better than what it, than what it was. Um, and their entire relationship is very interesting. And I love, I love the romance in it because it's so mundane. Like, uh, one thing that I think the director does well is show that like, nope, relationships are still the same. You still have to support each other. You still have to be there for each other. Even though they live separately, they're still constantly in contact. Um, and they're still providing that, those sort of like, just for lack of a better way, human emotions of support and love and respect for the other one. And there's these moments when Eve shows up in Detroit and they're just listening to music and they're talking about uh, different scientific theories and like shows how they have all of these things in common, this love for music, this love of knowledge that really binds them as a couple. And she shows up to remind him of this and like why they're alive, why he's constantly trying to save the zombies and help the zombies get to the next level and help help the zombies um, be better zombies. So I actually really like this romance. 
now if you there if you ask me about the horror elements there really aren't that many because even though the visuals and the aesthetics are very otherworldly and not necessarily film noir but traditional horror with darkness and cluttered and old things in new spaces that con that visual contrast there's i mean they are very proper when they drink blood um there's only one death and even then it's not actually gory there's uh yeah there's one scene that might classify as horror but even then it's very quick and it's very clean um and it's not really macabre and the fact that like you know what's you're you're not really shocked by it. Uh, now, if you ask me about this film as commentary on um, white people moving into Detroit and using it for their benefit, and the fact that the city is going down and sort of trying to revive, um, and then how white millennials have been moving into the city starting businesses at a lower cost, making money and then moving out and abandoning it rather than staying there. That's a whole different commentary and that's a different video. So <laughs> our next uh, vampire film I want to talk about is Bram Stoker's Dracula. So we're all familiar with the story. Guy goes to live at a castle, finds out that it's Dracula. Dracula falls in love with the guy's fiance back home. Blue, blah, 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 blue, blah, blue. Um, a lot of stuff about sex and desire and longing and virginity. And if you can't tell by the way I'm describing this, I'm not a really, I'm not a huge fan of the story, but I do like the movie mostly because I like Winona Ryder. Keanu Reeves is always pretty to watch and Gary Oldman is always a feast for the eyes. Like he chews scenery so well and casting him as Dracula was an excellent casting choice. Like I, I, Love this film, not because I necessarily think it's good or because I like the story, just because I enjoy the cast. Um, the romance is central to it, but I think it's a really unhealthy romance. And I think that's something that you usually see a lot in horror romance is that romance is unhealthy. There's a certain level of obsession when you get into, we can do something that's macabre and other and um, dangerous and grotesque, but we can do it together. Like you found your one, like Bonnie and Clyde. Like, yeah, we're going to kill a bunch of people, but because you think it's okay, I'm killing people and robbing them. And I think it's okay, you're killing people and robbing them. We can support each other's bad habits. And I feel that's something that horror has a lot of. It's one reason why I did like Only Lovers Left Alive, because they don't have that. It's actually a very positive horror romance. And speaking of unhealthy romances and horror, Twilight. So I'm not going to talk a lot about Twilight. I feel we've all talked about a lot about Twilight. Um, we talked a lot about the books. We talked a lot about the movies. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> like, I, I think when I say Twilight, you probably had an immediate reaction. Did you groan? Did you roll your eyes? Um, did you want to stop this podcast? And if you did, that's okay. But I hope you did it. Um, because no matter how much we might, dislike Twilight. Um, I do appreciate the fact that it sort of made things that before were considered dorky or off the beaten path um, more acceptable. 
in the sense that romance now is something that's talked about, uh, in the sense that it, it inspired a lot of young people to either, and particularly young women, to either examine the relationships that they were in or start reading and start writing. And while I think that the type of romance it teaches is, in the usual horror sense, unhealthy and that it's obsessive and that somehow being animalistic and out of control and suicidal proves how much you really love your partner is not something that needs to be taught to young girls and therefore the age group that Twilight was aimed at, speaking of the films or the books, the entire series in both cases, because dear Lord, those things never ended. I do appreciate the positive that it gave people. Um, There is a really good documentary done about Twilight fans and how Twilight culture not only saved the town of Forks, but also how it saved a lot of young people's lives. And ultimately, the documentary comes to the conclusion that the reason that people love Twilight so much and that young people and people of all ages, and I believe the term is Twi Moms, um, loved it, is that it offers a level of security. And I don't know if that's something that you can understand if you're not a female or if you haven't gone through a great loss in your life. But the idea that the people you love will never leave you. If you're in danger, they'll always be there to save you. Um, They always want you around. They'll never be tired of you. Uh, No matter how old you get, they'll never die and abandon you. And I think that's why Twilight appears to so many people. It's that idea of safety and consistency. And yes, it is an unhealthy relationship. And yes, I get really worried when I have young girls be like, oh no, you know a guy really loves you if you get in bed with him only wearing your underwear and he doesn't want to sleep with you. That's how you know. And I'm like, dear God, please don't, please don't try this in real life. Um, I understand it. Uh, So I'm always on the fence about Twilight because I think there's as much good there as there is bad. And I can only hope that the people who who read it and um, who fantasize it and idealize it and put it on a shelf, put it on a pedestal, ultimately also see the negatives of it and look at it in the context of reality and what should be a healthy relationship. So next, I'm going to talk about my favorite healthy relationship in all of horror, maybe actually like all of romance. I mean, yeah, I don't know if there is a better one uh, than the Adams family. Like, I I realize that that is that's not the in the point of them, but I freaking love the Adams family. The show started. Uh, well, it wasn't really a show. It actually started as a cartoon by Charles Adams in 1932, as I, if I remember correctly. And it was basically a commentary on the idea of the wealthy American aristocracy and uh, what their values are. But if you put it through the eyes of people who literally just don't give a fuck about what you're doing, what does that mean? And we get the Adams family. So the fact that they're so macabre and they're so somewhat grotesque and... They're very dark and they live in this ratty old house that they have the money to fix, but they're just like, no, we're comfy. No, it's good. It works for us. What does that say about 
American life and the values and the idea of working towards, you know, the white picket fence with the 2.5 kids or whatever the ratio of children was in the 1930s. And I love the fact that one of the one of the the critiques that the Adams family shows um, the mirror that it holds up is the idea that what wasn't standard is the passionate love between a husband and a wife. And uh, Morticia and Gomez are like hashtag goals, have been hashtag goals since I've been like a child. And I have watched this movie a lot. This is one of the few films that I could put on and my entire family would come in and we would watch this film together, like always laughing at it, always enjoying it. And when I say film because normally I usually watch The Addams Family and The Addams Family Values back to back. And it was one of the few times where unless there was something on and, you know, pre-DVR and uh, streaming days, we had to watch it live and then I could watch the next film. Like, I, I just love it. And so as a young child, I have been watching The Addams Family and seeing this idea of like uh, passionate love between a husband and a wife is something that's not standard. That's a little bit different. Um, and I I love that about it. I love the fact that it's one of the the key themes that has been kept throughout all of the adaptations, whether talking about the cartoon, whether you're talking about the um, animated cartoon, where you're talking about the live actions um, films, whether you're talking about the latest uh, animated film that was just released in theaters, whether you're even talking about the musicals, like the romance between Morticia and Gomez is a key part of that and from uh, of that world building and from them, you sort of see the tendrils of the love between the rest of the Adams clan and how it extends to the family that isn't here and isn't close, yet they're still emotionally close and still emotionally supportive. And even though Wednesday constantly is trying to kill Pugsley, ultimately she still loves him and stands up for him. And that all stems from this idea of love um, between Morticia and Gomez. So I love the Adams Family, the Adams Family Values. I could talk about these movies forever, um, but I'll move on. Uh, my next couple is sort of untraditional. Um, and I, well, maybe they're not that untraditional. I mean, I think about the romance that I read now and uh, yeah, found families are really big, which yeah, yeah. But it's Interview with the Vampire. So it might be, if you haven't read the books and if you haven't watched the movie in a while, um, whether or not you think this is a romance, uh, I, I, I got to say, I think it's left up to personal interpretation. I think that it's a romance because when they first, um, crap, now I can't remember the character's name, but when um, Louis and Lestat first um, find Claudia, there we go. That when Louis and Lestat first find Claudia and turn her, uh, when she wakes up, Lestat introduces Louis as her new mother and he's her new father. And it's it, it's not stated like, yes, we are lovers, we are together. But the fact that they're like, this is our child now, we're a happy little family. Um, and we're going to take on these roles of mother and father and also just the blatant homoeroticism between the two characters um, sets up a sort of romance, whether or not it's a romance that either is 
necessarily proud of or wants to admit exist, it's there. There is a certain level of love and affection and devotion between the characters of Lestat and Louis. And um, I think that whether or not it, a romance is spelled out, when it's acted out, when it's implied, you'll see it. I, especially when you're looking at the film, you also have to remember when it was on the screen and how big and like one of the reasons why Tom Cruise didn't want to come back to do another one was basically the homoeroticism. That was fairly blatant. I don't really know what happened to him between like the first one and doing any more, maybe Scientology. Um, but it's played so into it and how pretty they are and how delicate they are and affectionate they are with each other. And I always thought that they were a couple, even when I was younger and I first saw this in the nineties. Um, and then I got older and I was like, oh yeah, they're definitely a couple. Uh, and that is why I put them on this list. Because I do think that they are one of the less traditional, but one of the better found families of romance in um, horror films. So yeah, whether or not you think they're a couple, let me know what you think. I mean, at the minimum, they're a found family and they have affection for each other and they're taking on the roles of mother and father for Claudia. Of course, then there's a lot of like backstabbing and death, but once again, family drama is another is another podcast. And finally, a film that I threw in at the end was The Mummy. I just think that you have to mention The Mummy and being excellent in the depiction of romance and horror in the same way that you have to mention Edward Scissorhands when talking about depictions of romance and horror, because you have to. Now, I don't necessarily feel that The Mummy is actually a horror film outside of the fact that it's about a mummy, because I really... Um, somebody did a side side by side comparison of the mummy and I believe it's uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And it truly is an archaeological adventure. Just this time, the archaeologist is a female and the adventurer is a thief. Um, so I think it is more action comedy than it is necessarily horror. But there is a lot of like macabre and mummies coming to life and dead things being alive and dark magic and, uh, you know, things that fall into the human area of fear. I guess that's the better way to say it. Just like invoking a, a fear response. So I love this movie. I watch it on a regular basis. Um, might seem like an odd choice, but it's actually one of my favorites. Uh, I even like the second one. And one reason I love it is because the characters of Evie and Rick are so, so fleshed out, yet they're so complementary in their relationship. I think when you're going to talk about uh, romance I, a lot of times people are just like, oh, there's a boy, there's a girl, they fall in love. And people dumb down what romance actually should be and how to depict it in films. But it actually is a skill. There's a reason why romance in writing is its own genre. There's a skill to write a relationship that makes me not only care about these characters as individuals, but also care about their relationship together and believe that they're devoted to each other and love each other and want to be together and want to you know, die for each other and work hard for a relationship. You have to sell that. And that's one thing that I think The Mummy 
and the Adams family do really well. Um, and also only lovers left alive. Like I believe the relationships, the characters as individuals, and then I see how they work uh, together. So I'm already gone too long, much longer than I planned, but yeah, these are my depict my favorite depictions of romance and horror films. If you have some that you love that I didn't talk about, feel free to let me know. I'll probably, uh, if the film is too scary, I might not have watched it because I'm not really big on, you know, constantly being scared while I'm walking around. Look, like the New York subway is dark and scary and I keep waiting one day for something to randomly come out of the dark while I'm waiting on the, on the subway platform. I don't know. What can I say? I have a ridiculous imagination. But let me know which films you think have great romance and horror. Um, any recommendations or anything I said that you disagree with? So continue the discussion with me on Twitter at TanagraGGNOC. And then for all you Android users, you can always find us on Anchor and Radio Public. For all you iThings users, you can listen in on iTunes and Overcast. And you can also listen to us on YouTube because sometimes that's just easier to access. Leave us a message on some platform. Let me know your thoughts, what you disagree with, what you agree with. Um, like I said, recommendations. I'm always up to watch more romance, uh, romance and horror especially. And thanks for joining. I apologize for the way I sound. It's stuffy. It's both cool and also horrifically dry in, uh, in the apartment because the heat's been on. So hopefully I'll sound better next time. Maybe I'll have hot lemon water, but then I can't have my pumpkin spice creamer. So probably not. All right. <laughs> thanks for joining. Make choices and don't throw it up. <laughs>